You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Good evening, everybody. It is so wonderful to be back at Muster Mondays. I want to welcome all of our friends who are online and don't have the great privilege of being here in our uh, delicious Torch Center. So we're on 34, page 34. So till now, he said, he doesn't, anybody with a brain, anybody with some logic would understand that it doesn't make sense for us to be in this world just for here. It doesn't make any sense. We have such an amazing world, such an amazing mind, so incredible. It would not make sense for us to be here just for here. We have to be here for a greater purpose. What is that greater purpose? We explained is uh, it, we're here for for attaining a high, the highest level of pleasure, our connection with God. Now, we also said that if we're here for here, we should never die. Because we're, if our purpose is to be here, then we should stay here. But that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to be here to accomplish once we accomplish, we move on. Okay? I actually, it's funny. So, you know, we talk about reincarnation and, uh, you know, if someone doesn't perfect their soul. So I, I was, I, you know, I'm on several of these different chats on uh, Messenger. One of the chats, I didn't see what, what, was being, what was being talked about. But all I saw was someone wrote, it must be reincarnation number 75. So I was thinking they're talking about themselves and they're having a bad day and they're like, you know, just like, I, I messed yeah. up again, I messed yeah. up again, I messed up again. Yeah. It turns out they were talking about a kosher Chinese restaurant that just got a new ownership and it's like, okay, another one. Okay. But the truth is that for us, we have to think about it. You know, it's like we're here to, to really perfect ourselves. We're here to, to, to make the best out of our situation. Nobody, nobody in this room, in the entire world, has a perfect life. And yet, every person that you know has a perfect life. Right? We don't have a perfect life because of our perspective, but the minute we change our perspective to realize this is the life that God gave me so that I can make the best out of it, it's a perfect life. So yeah, it might not be the way I think about it. I was just talking to someone yesterday. He's telling me, you know, when I lived in New York, I always felt inferior because, you know, someone else drove a nicer car than me, someone had a nicer house than me, someone had better clothes than me, someone this, someone that. He says, I feel like in Texas, it's a lot, a lot more relaxed. I said, because you haven't gotten into boots yet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The minute you get into boots, <laughs> oh, yes. you're like, yeah. yours are just uh, uh, alligator. It's yeah. All okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for beginners. Yeah. Right. So either way. But the, the, idea, the idea here is that wherever someone is, it really is a matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective of whether or not we're going to see this is the opportunity. This is what I'm here for. I'm here to accomplish, notwithstanding the challenges that I have. Okay, so we say as follows. That was the first reason. The second reason, the second logical argument, not only that, but if the purpose of man's creation was for the sake of his situation in this world, 
then he would not need to have nishama kol kachashuvah elyona. He would not to he would not need to be bestowed with such a distinguished and elevated soul within him. Why do we need a soul? Soul is such a great, lofty, powerful component of who we are. What do we need the soul for? If we're just here for here, then it could just be body. What do we need soul for? Not only that it's so great, but the Our soul that is greater than the angels themselves. Certainly, since it finds no contentment in all of the pleasures of this world. So here we have a world that is physical, and here we're imbued with a spiritual soul that's, again, embedded into our body. What do we need the spiritual soul for? If we're just here for physical to eat good cereal in the morning, to eat great Chinese food for lunch, to have a great steak dinner every day. So, like, what do we need the soul for? If we're just here for body, we should just be here for body. But we're not just here for body. And that's the big battle that we're constantly facing in our lives, is who's in control. Is the body in control or is the soul in control? The body wants to fulfill to pleasure the physical. The spiritual wants to fulfill the soul. Okay? Again, the soul wants to fulfill the spiritual, the selfless, the godly. Okay? So we have all of this, um, all of this that, that, again, our sages are telling us, this is the reason why we are here. You want to know why we're here in this world? We're not here for cruises. We're not here for vacations. We're not here. Now, God gave us those opportunities so that we enjoy and we rejuvenate and we and we get the, the energy we need so we can continue to do the good things that we're doing. But that's not the reason for it. Our life shouldn't be circling around those occasions. Our life shouldn't be circling around, you know, the food that we eat. Oh, I can't wait for dinner tonight. Oh, everything's around the dinner. I can't wait for that vacation. Everything is around the vacation. It should be the up, the opposite. Everything should be around the work. It happens to be. I also need a vacation so I can refresh. It's a very. It's the same exact activity, but it's a different perspective. Who's serving who? I just go back to something. You know, you you think of think of uh, technology today. Technology today is one of the biggest challenges. I think, you know, it's like every educator I speak to. They tell me I'm so happy. That, uh, that they were talking about people who are older. They say, they tell me, I'm happy I raised my children before there were cell phones. Because the challenges today that we as young parents are facing with, with children, teenagers, with smartphones and, and being completely consumed by this technology is a, it, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Where this right, but it's not any different though than the materialism there was back in the eighties and the nineties and the sixties and the seventies. None of you would know of that because you're all like born in the eighties, about right? So eighteen eighties. <laughs> so right, but it's never changed because there's always been something to distract a person from focusing on their soul. There's always been a distraction. 
There was always something to destroy the soul as well. So there, it's not that this, this is new. It's just different. But the way we're going to overcome it is going to be the same way we've overcome it all the other times. You know, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, it was television. That people could have put down the remote. And then it became internet. And today it's smartphones. So either way, there was always a distraction. Yetzahara has been busy since day one, figuring out how do I distract people? How do I keep people off balance? So it, 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 could, it was once, it was once it, fashion. Well, that hasn't changed. It still is fashion, right? It was houses. It still is houses. It was possessions. It still is possessions. It was whatever it was. It still is. Again, it has a different, a new, a new incarnation, a new variety, but it's still the same Yetzahara who's busy, 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 busy. Not letting us focus on our soul. Just focus on your body and everything will be fine. And that's not true. It's, we always had distractions. And don't think for a second that just because we use it for good things, that we're not going to be distracted to use it for not good things. You know, my grandfather says, the moment you open up the Talmud, you open up the Talmud, you know what happens? Suddenly you start, oh my goodness, that's right, I forgot to, did I close the garage door? Did I, did I, I have to call my friend to apologize. Like suddenly, all, everything starts flooding your mind. Just open up the Talmud. You want to travel the world? Open up a Talmud, right? You'll be everywhere. You'll suddenly be, just the Yetzirah will do everything in the world so that you don't oh, look at the words and study. Says the Ramchal. Ramchal interrupts his train of thought with two proofs that the soul does not receive pleasure from this world. The soul, the spiritual part of our existence, does not have take any pleasure in this world. This is what the sages of blessed memory meant when they said in the Midrash Ecclesiastes, The verse states, Ecclesiastes 6, verse 7, All man's toil is for his mouth, yet the soul is never satisfied. A parable to explain why the soul is unsatisfied. With all man's toil, to what is this matter of the body and the soul comparable? To a simple villager who married the daughter of a king. Even if he brings her all the things available to him in the world, they are worthless to her. Because she's the daughter of a king and accustomed to the greatest luxuries of royalty. Let's imagine he's a peddler, works hard, a peasant. Right? He's a peasant. He grew up in a, in a farm. So to him, it would be a great luxury to have potatoes. Right? Oh, he's going to bring his new bride, the queen or the, or the, or the princess. He's going to bring her potatoes. He's like, you know, you know, this is a great delicacy. She's like, potatoes? What do you mean? Yeah, we, we put that in our eggs in the morning, right? Or we have, you know, we, what do you mean? Potatoes is not a luxury. Imagining this peasant thinking of, you know, it's like people in first class and people in the cattle class, right? You think of that? Like, what are you, you going to offer me from, 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 uh, 
from uh, from the economy is such a luxurious <laughs> name for cattle carts. Right? But that's what they call it. Right. Yes. Right. So right. So you're gonna try to come back and say you want to borrow my pillow? Really? You look at look at you know. It, it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't translate. So too kacha nefesh. So too is the soul. If you, in your body, bring all the pleasures of the physical world, it's nothing for the soul. Lama, why? Why doesn't it do anything for the soul? So you bring it, you bring the soul pizza, doesn't do anything for the soul. You bring it a movie, doesn't do anything for the soul. Right? You bring it a drink, you bring it a, any type of physical pleasure, it doesn't satiate the soul. Why not? Because the soul is from the upper spiritual realms and is not satisfied by mere physical pleasures. It's the wrong currency. It's not going to help. It's not going to help. It's not going to help anyone. It's not going to fill your soul. Let me, let, me explain, let me explain to you something, okay? I opened up one of my books recently and I found, I'm not kidding you, a million, a bill of one million. Okay, now I'm not telling you what currency, but it wasn't dollars, right? <laughs> so I told my son, I said, hey, you want a bill for a million? It's a million? I'm like, yeah, it's a million. Now, it's the old Kopec from Ukraine, which was worth about 10 cents, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're saying it, it just doesn't, it doesn't, like, what, what is that? It's nothing. It's a million. So what? A million nothings, right? That's what food, that's what any delicacy is to the soul. It's a million nothing. Now, to the body, it's pleasurable. But not to the soul. To the soul, it means nothing. So the question I always get from people is, you know, why are Jews always the extremists? In everything. Extremists in wealth. Extremists in every area of life. Anywhere. The biggest cheats. The biggest bank robbers. The biggest comedians. The biggest actors. The biggest... Right? Do you think of the biggest scientists? All Jews, Jews, Jews. They're all Jews. Why? So I want to share with you my reason. Okay. And that is because we have something called an Ashama. And the neshama is never satiated. And my, 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 my parable to this is a vacuum. What's the greatest pleasurable sound in a vacuum? In a vacuum cleaner? None. When it sucks, a pretzel, right? You know that sound, the crackle sound? It's just, you know what I'm talking about, right? Pick up all the crumbs and you hear the crackle inside the, right? It's like, ah, so what a delicious... Now, what's if you pull it off? You pull off the nozzle. What's going to happen? It'll grab onto your pants. It'll grab onto the tablecloth. It'll grab onto a skirt. Right? Why? Just relax. No. That vacuum cleaner needs to suck in something. Give me some dirt. Give me something. And if you don't, I'm going to grab something. So now, what is the soul? The soul is that vacuum cleaner. It needs something. What does it need? What's its intake that it needs? Spirituality. If you take it off and you don't give it spirituality, you know what's going to happen? It's that nozzle that's going to go crazy and it keeps on sucking because it thinks it'll get something from it. So he grabs onto science and then just 
And it never stops. It never quenches that thirst. So they get to the top because there's nothing stopping them. They need to get everything they can out of it. Because they're going into the wrong currency. Right? You tell this this vacuum cleaner, don't you understand? You grab the tablecloth. She says, I don't care. I want something. Feed me something. That soul needs to be fed something. What's it going to be fed? Oh, spirituality. The world doesn't know that. The world thinks, oh, you know what? I'm going to go shopping. And shopping is going to fulfill my soul. It doesn't do it. Right? And people get a spiritual high called dopamine. And they get that for about 30 seconds when you buy something new. If you buy a car, maybe it's two weeks of excitement. Maybe. And then you're already looking at the next model. Maybe I should have waited a month. Maybe I can trade it in. It's not going to do anything. And that's the way we run after ourselves, trying to fulfill that vacancy in the soul. It's not going to fill it. There's only one thing that can fill the soul, and that is Torah. It's within you. You have it already. Right? We just have to learn how to how to properly use it and to right and not to uh and not to get lost. We we're in a world that's so we anybody here ever um I, I did this for a long time. I, I'm planning on, on reinstituting this. And that is go into the store, any store, including grocery, you only buy what's on your list. Did anybody ever have that? No. Why? Because our eyes feast in imagination and say, you know what? Maybe, oh, this is actually good. Actually, I was thinking about that. (laughs) And before you know it, you have a full cardigan. And it could be clothes as well. It could be Costco's the worst. And you're just like, it, it, it never. And it's because the soul is trying to get filled. And it's not going to get filled through that. It's not going to get filled through that. So there, it's a very fundamental principle here. There's only one thing that can fulfill that soul. And that's spirituality. It's Torah. It's mitzvahs. That's it. It's the only thing. It's the only currency that can fulfill it. So we try. We try through the observance of mitzvahs. We try through all of these different tools that Hashem has given us. 613 different tools to find that perfection. Okay. So they do nothing for it. They do nothing for the soul. All of the physical pleasures of the world, all the money in the world, all of the, the, all of the luxuries, all of the whining and dining, they do nothing for the soul. Why? Because it is, it is of the upper spiritual realms and is not satisfied with mere physical pleasures. Similarly, our sages of blessed memory said, Against your will you were formed. And against your will you were born. The soul must be compelled to enter the body because the soul does not like this world at all. You know why? We've said this numerous times. You know why a baby cries when it's born? He doesn't want to be here. Here you took the soul that is whining and dining with God, so to speak, in, in holiness, in spirituality, in Torah. And 
the minute, the second it's born, it, it's, 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 it, imagine like it's, it has no limitation. The soul is, it can see from one side of the world to the other. The soul is learning with the angels. And now we're taking that soul and slapping it into the body of this poor little baby. Baby's now born and it's crying. I don't want to be here. Take me back home. Take me to where I belong. I don't want to be here. Baby's crying. So what do we do? Give the baby a pacifier. We give the baby toys. We give the baby balloons. We give the baby Paw Patrol. If you have grandchildren or children, you know that that's very, very important. This is very, very important. Why is it important to our children? Because it's the only thing will distract them. Just, Just quiet, quiet. Relax that soul. It's fine over here. It's fine. But really, the soul doesn't want to be here. The soul hates being here. Ramchal teaches us, The soul must be compelled to enter the body because the soul does not like this world at all. To the contrary, it despises this world. The soul hates this world. There's nothing that we can do in this world that will help our soul feel comfortable unless it is Torah study, unless it is doing mitzvahs, unless it is connecting our our body and soul to its real essence. Which is why I say going to classes is a great thing. Really, I really do. I believe that going to class is a great thing. But learning one-on-one with someone is even better. Learning one-on-one whether it's with a rabbi, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with someone in the someone in the community, is so crucially important for someone to grow spiritually. You come to class, look, I spend a lot of time preparing class. And hopefully it's on a, like a silver platter. Maybe if I really, really prepare a lot, a lot, a lot, it's a gold platter. But that's it. You know, it's like it's sort of ready. But when you have to work through it in your own mind and you have to really chew on a a, 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 a line in ethics of our fathers and internalize the idea and connect to it so you transform and I'll tell you that with many times what I teach is things that I feel I need to grow in so I, I force myself to talk about it so that I can learn and grow from the experience of preparing of connecting to what I'm learning on a, on a higher level. Okay. So the body doesn't want to be here. The, the soul doesn't want to be here. It's forced to be here. It's compelled to be here. But it despises this world. The soul does not want to be here. It's interesting that the source of all souls, we've, we mentioned this, I think, last week, of why people get so emotional at the Kotel or in Jerusalem or in the land of Israel. You ask someone, well, what, are you, what, are you, what are you crying What's, what's the big deal? So first is there's no other place in the world almost. Almost. Probably none. The people cry because they're like, wow. Anybody here go to the Kremlin and say like, oh my goodness, I'm going to cry. You cry from fear, maybe. <laughs> but you're not going to cry of, of, of connection. Yet, we come to, the, come to Israel, people get emotional. People come to the Western Wall and it's like, 
You can't turn off the faucets. People are crying. People are connecting. It's such a such a powerful place. Why? Because we're getting to the place which is the source of our soul. That is the, the, the connecting point between heaven and earth. When we pray, where are we praying towards? Over here we pray east towards Israel. When you're in Israel, you pray towards Jerusalem. When you're in Jerusalem, you pray towards the Temple Mount. Right? Why? Because that's that's the center of the universe. Our prayers are say to say, travel all the way there and then from there to heaven. It says that if you don't know what directions, you know, some people have a built-in GPS. Some people don't. Some people can be praying that direction, thinking they're praying towards Jerusalem. Maybe if you go that way around the globe, you'll get there. Right? But it's a longer way. There's a shorter route. But you have to. So it says if you don't know what direction is, is towards Jerusalem. So have in mind that your prayers you should be that your prayers should be facing there, so to speak, right? Have in mind that your that your your intention is to pray towards Jerusalem. We're connecting with the essence, with the soul. Okay? Ramchal now resumes his logical argument. In Cain, if so, Vadai. Lo haya borea boreit barach vriya. The creator would certainly not create a being. For a goal that is against its nature and from which it is repulsed. So again, so we're talking here, God would not create a being for a goal that is against its nature. People wonder, it's an amazing thing that every animal has its protection. Every animal has its protection. You know, a cat, if it feels attacked, you know what happens? It pulls out its claws. A dog, dog bites or barks. Every animal has its mechanism of defense. It also has its place where it's natural for it to be. And the problem is, is when they have you know, the lions are hanging out where the, uh, where the hippos are hanging out. That's a problem. So they, they, it's, it becomes a territory thing. You're taking our water. You're taking our, you know, whatever it is. So that's when they attack each other. But everyone has a way in which they can attack. And, and they also have a vulnerability from which they can get attacked. So we created a per- perfect world. But what's about us? What's about us? What's about our natural state? What should be our perfect state? If we're created and we're placed into this world where our soul is repulsed by this world, it's not happy being here. It's not happy. Rather, the creation of man with his soul was for his future situation in the world to come. And that is why he was given this elevated soul. Because it is fitting for the soul rejoined with the body to serve Hashem in this world. And with the soul, man will be able to receive his reward for his service in its place and in its time in the world to come. So we have like this. We have a body that loves this world. We have a soul that hates this world. 
Hashem brings them together and says, here, you guys are going to be partners. You guys are going to work together to schlep yourself out of bed to go to shul in the morning. And to schlep yourself out of your chair to go do a mitzvah. And to schlep yourself out of your house to go volunteer someplace. And to schlep yourself on a cold night like tonight, for those of you who don't know, it's right now uh, 35 degrees here in Houston. Frigid. Of course, it's burning hot here at the Torch Center. But it's frigid weather. And everyone came out and it's a Baruch Hashem, a packed room here. Call come up to you. Because that was a battle between your body and your soul. Your body was saying, you know what? Dave, it's, it's cold. It's cold. Maybe we just stay home tonight. But your soul is saying, but I want to learn Torah. So there's that battle between the body and the soul. The soul says, I want it. But the body's like, I'm sorry. I got, I got this territory. I'm tired. Right? I don't want to move. I just want to stay here. And we'll see in further chapters, we'll see the Messiah Yisharim tells us the nature of mankind is heavy. Anybody here not lazy? No. You're all lazy. We're all lazy. Every single one of us were lazy. You know why? That's our nature. Hashem created us like that. We are like this. Okay, what happens when I leave go? Falls. You know why it falls? Because it's lazy. It's heavy. Guess what? That's us. To get out of my chair. Uh, and you know why we have some things that we love to do? And we jump out of our, out of our seats? That's to battle our Yetzirah. One second. When it's something I like, I can jump out of my seat, no problem. When it's something my Yitzhah my Yitzhah Tov likes, my good inclination likes, like studying Torah, suddenly I'm so tired. I can't do it. I don't know. That's why you have those things you're excited about. But someone tells you, guess what? I have two tickets to the rodeo. Now, I'm not crazy about the rodeo, but if you are crazy about the rodeo, you go to a Rockets game or to an Astros game or to a... Or to a uh, to chili cook-off, right? Well, we didn't have a team this year, so you didn't want to go anyway. I know. Or to a Texans game, or to whatever it is, right? So some people might be motivated to say, you know what, I really want to. Or to a uh, ballet. Now you're cultured. Symphony, right? So that I'll go to. Of course, yeah, I'm not tired. I, I can do that. Torah class. Oh, right? I'm tired. Because that's the battle. That is the battle. It's the battle of the soul and the body. The body says, you know what, I'm tired. I'm not excited about this. But you are excited about something else. If I told you about the food, you would jump. And if it's free food, you jump even faster. Because <laughs> you're Jewish, right? <laughs> okay, so, so possessions, property, uh, rulership, it is all ego. It's power, Yes. You think you think Russia is lacking anything right now? They have it's the biggest country, like inland, than almost half the world. I mean, it's enormous. So, like, what do they what do they need from uh, yes. from Ukraine? Yeah, what do, what do they need from you? It's it. Eh, some of them have plenty of southern port. They have plenty of ways to get their stuff there. But it's power. It's it's. I want to show that I'm bigger. So I want to show that I'm stronger. And it's funny because in this generation, it seems like things have changed where you don't see as much territory battle. You see uh, industrial battle. You see uh, technology battle. Because the way in which people define their own strength is different today. It's not only by land. 
But either way, without without getting into that, um, it, it, it's generally generally speaking, the reason why we have this this impulse, like you're saying, to to to, to take over someone else's land, because it's a, it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a self image thing that I will be bigger, I will have more, I will be you know more powerful. So our soul doesn't want to be here. Only way we can keep our soul calm is by feeding it. How do we feed it? Feed it Torah. We feed it mitzvahs. We feed it connection with Hashem. Okay. Which will not be something repulsive to his soul as this world is. But to the contrary, that world, the world to come where we get the reward, will be loved and coveted by the soul. And this is obvious. So the soul is not here for here. It has to go through here to reach its perfection. What's the vessel that carries that, that soul? The body. We get carried away with the body. And then we're, we're losing connection to our soul. It's here. The purpose of the body is here. To get our soul to reach its perfection. That's the only reason it's here. The soul itself, the soul in the world of souls, in the world of souls, can't put on tefillin. It can't wear tzitzit. It can't keep kosher. When you bring it into a physical world, then the spiritual can, the soul can observe those mitzvot. That's the purpose of the body. The body is here. In a, in a world of distraction, being tested, that we don't divert our our interests, we don't divert our desires and our urges to the physical things that draw us away, but stay focused on target for the soul. And according to Ramchal here, he says, it's, just, it's, it's an obvious thing, it's completely obvious. Any questions so far? Not at all. Look at that. Pure doesn't mean perfect. I actually had this. I have this argument. This it's an ongoing argument between me and my my esteemed brother, uh, Rabbi Yaakov, and he says no. What it means is that the bo- that the soul that the, that yeah the soul is perfect. The soul is not perfect. The soul comes with ble- with blemishes, which is why we're here. The soul is pure. It's different. It's not perfect. It's pure. And we can discuss a different time what's the difference between pure and perfect. You don't say olive oil is perfect. You say it's pure. Perfect means it's it's perfect in its purpose. It's perfect for what it was given for. And the soul is not necessarily perfect because we have to make that perfection. It's pure that it doesn't have other... other um, the soul that God give us, gives us is pure. Now we have the 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 opportunity. Uh, I'm saying this in a negative way, throughout our lifetime to make that very impure that soul. God gives it to us pure, but the question is, what do we do with it? Do we keep it pure, or God forbid, sell it out to impurity? Okay, top of page thirty-seven. Having explained at length the purpose of man's creation, Ramchal deepens our understanding of man's obligation and goals in this world. Once we know this, we can immediately understand the significance of the mitzvahs that are incumbent upon us. 
Vikar havodah b'asher b'yadena, and the value of the divine service that is in our hands. Ki hine elehem ha'emtsayim ha'mevim otanu el ha'shlimut ha'amiti. For the mitzvahs and service of Hashem, like we explained just a few minutes ago, are the means that bring us to true perfection, which is our goal in life, as explained above. And, asher biladam lo yusag klal, which cannot be attained at all without them. So if we were in a world just of souls, we wouldn't have any mitzvahs. You see, we have to have these two opposite forces. One is being the physical one being the spiritual, combined together, put into one human, one person. Someone asks you, so, uh, David, what are you? So many people would say, I'm a body, I'm a person, I'm a man, I'm a human. The truth is, we're a soul. That's the correct answer. The truth is, I am a soul. I have clothes that make me look like a human. Your soul is your essence. That's who you are. Right? Your body, your body is the cover for it. It's the clothes. Right? You don't ask someone uh, in a tuxedo, what are you? And he says, I'm a bow tie. No, the bow tie is the clothes. I'm, I'm a person. We have to understand who we are. We are a soul. The body we have is the clothes for that soul. So, someone who's all immersed in the physical is missing that connection of who they really are. I'll tell you. Remember many years ago, it's funny because I was just talking about this recently with someone. I remember my grandfather came and we visited, he visited someplace and when we were left, my father, grandfather asked a certain question about the, about the person's situation. And we were like, what do you mean? That's, that's the way they are. He's like, and he asked the question again. And we said, because that's just who they are. What he, my grandfather was asking is, why is that who they are? What got them to the point where they were that way? So a person can always be asking themselves that question. Why am I the way I am? What makes me the way I am? Perhaps I got carried away. Perhaps I was supposed to be something else, and I let my body get the best of me. Think for a second if we're discussing this. Tattoos. What is tattoos? You're making the body the essence? You're glorifying the body? Does that make any sense to glorify the body? That's not what we're here. You're missing the boat. When the Torah tells us that one shouldn't draw on their body via tattoo, it's because the Torah is telling us you are off. You're off target. That's not why you're here. You're not here to color on yourself, to make yourself pretty. You're here to work on your soul. You're not going to get that done by coloring on your hand or by coloring on your legs or by coloring on the back of your neck. And, and by the way, if I may say, coloring many times really terrible, stupid things. So we had this with this, this uh, young nurse who was taking care of my wife. Um, when she was uh, in, in delivery for one of our children. And my wife notices that the nurse has some Hebrew letters on her hand. So my wife says, oh, you're, you're, I see you have a Hebrew tattoo. She says, yeah, um, it means strength. 
So my wife looks at it, and it says, instead of koach, which is kaf, vav, chet, it says moach, which is mem, vav, chet, which is brain. So, right, moach, which means the mind, right, or the brain. Obviously, someone wasn't using their brain. She's walking around thinking it says strength, and meanwhile, it says brain. Just one letter different. The irony. (laughs) Generally speaking, those artists aren't scholars, okay? (laughs) It looks the same. I guess it's the same, you know? Just one letter off. God gives us such a lofty soul, and what do we come out with? A yacht. You know? What? what? Or brains on our hand. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's It's really sad. It's really, really sad. So he says like this, with which cannot be attained at all without them. So you need the body, you need the soul, you need the body to help the soul perform those mitzvahs, to help it fulfill its purpose. A ramification, we're almost done here. A ramification of this understanding. Now it is known that a goal can be reached only through the proper integration of all the means. That are available and they can be used to reach it. To the extent of the strength invested in those means and their implementation, so will be the result that is produced from them. And if any small deviation is found in the implementation of the means, its result will certainly be clearly apparent. We're born a soul, placed into a body. Now what? So now we just do what? Now we just go serve Hashem, right? Wrong. Now we're going to aim to go serve Hashem. And now we're going to start fielding pitches. And Hashem is going to pitch us a curveball. He's going to pitch us a fastball. He's going to pitch us a slider. He's going to pitch us a knuckleball, right? We are going to get balls coming our way that are coming from all directions, and we don't know what to do. Those are the challenges. But God says, you're going to need to use all of your resources. You're going to need to use your mind. You're going to need to use your character. You're going to need to use your, you know, every facet of your being to accomplish your role in this world. I'm not like, oh, I'm here. Now I'm just fulfilled myself, my purpose because I stayed away from bad. No, it's not going to do anything. What we need to do is utilize all of these opportunities that come our way, all of these challenges that we will incur throughout our lifetime to help us reach our perfection. When the time of the outcome is reached, as a result, only from the integration of all of those means, as I wrote, and it is clear. So we're going to have all of these challenges that are going to come to us. So we're going to have to use every single one of our abilities, our resources, to reach that perfection. It's not going to just be like easy. I show up and I'm good. No, it's going to be a lot of hard work to get there. Me'ata vadaihu. It is thus obvious. Shahadik dukshi dukdaka linyana mitzvot va'avodah. 
that the precision that should be employed in the performance of the mitzvahs and the service of Hashem must be ultimate precision. So people say, um, Rabbi, does it really make a difference if it's one minute more or one minute less? Does it have to really be glot kosher? Does it really have to be? I mean, it's just okay that it's in the spirit of the law? Should that be fine? Or it's like, is it okay I just don't eat bacon and let's call it a day? Right? Is that okay? Does it have to be that it was slaughtered properly? Well, it depends how much you want to connect to Hashem. Now, just as a side note, this is not why we slaughter our animals and it's not why we have them checked by professional rabbis who know exactly what they're doing. And just by the way, so that you know, when they say food is kosher, it does not mean that your food was blessed by a rabbi. Sure. Okay, that's not what it means. And many people think, oh, does the rabbi need to bless it, right? No, the rabbi doesn't need to bless anything. You need to make a blessing before you eat, but it has nothing to do with it. The idea is, is that we need to make sure that the food is indeed kosher. A lot of things need to go and make sure that the chicken is kosher. After every chicken is slaughtered, they're checked. After every cow is slaughtered, it's checked to make sure that internally there weren't any blemishes. If it has a broken leg, it's not kosher. Right? If it had any of its limbs not functioning, internal or external, it's not kosher. It has to be checked. It's hard work. Aside from the proper soaking and salting and you know and, 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 and rinsing that is required for, for meat to be kosher and to extract all the salt, etc., etc., so it's not just that, oh, well, it's a chicken. Chickens are kosher, so it doesn't make a difference if I buy Purdue, Tyson, or Myanmar. Well, it makes a huge difference. A very huge difference. So we have a life that is filled with challenges. And the more precision we pay, the more attention we pay to performing the mitzvahs perfectly, the closer we're allowing ourselves to get with Hashem. The more we're getting into God's way of thinking, into God's, you see, aligning ourselves closer to Hashem. We don't want to be the people who say, you know, uh, it's enough I showed up. It's enough I showed up. Or do we want to be the people who say, you know what? It's not enough for me to show up. I want to get my hands in it. I want to get this perfect. I want to be along with Hashem on His path. And that's what the more we invest in the accuracy and the precision of our performance of mitzvahs, the greater our connection with Hashem is. You know, I, I, I used to go with my father to work as frequently as I could because I did not want to be in school. Okay? <laughs> I'm serious. I didn't want to. So I'll tell you. My father was a diamond dealer for many years. Now, you know that they deal, you know, they say that, that shoemakers walk around without shoes, right? Why? Yeah, they're selling them. They don't have a value for them because it's like, this is my, this is my livelihood. I don't need shoes. You know, it's like I step on shoes all day. You know, it's like, you know, it's a, so it was very interesting because I went once, went under my father's desk and I saw that there was these hundreds of little diamonds all over the floor. I'm not kidding you. Now you think like, wow, diamonds are probably a million dollars on the floor. No. Okay. Talking about Really, really small ones. And um, it's funny because when you're a diamond dealer, your diamonds don't don't necessarily mean so much. So I once told my father, you should get a vacuum 
vacuum it up, and then pull out the bag, and you'll have all your diamonds right there. You're just like, it's, you know. So they, they eventually, I think they did it. But the idea is, is that the, the truth is when you deal with bigger diamonds, not the teeny, 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 weensy ones, every diamond is precious. You have a parcel of 20 diamonds, right? You have to make sure every single one is counted, accounted for. That every single one, you know, where it is, you weigh them carefully. Each one goes on that scale. You make sure that they, you, that, that it's accurate, the exact weight. The precision that we have with those gems, precision employed by those who weigh gold and jewels due to their great value, for precise performance of the mitzvahs and service of Hashem results in attainment of the true perfection. So imagine this. You know, by the way, in this week's Parsha, Pekude, Moshe lists all of the, all the, all of the donations that were donated to the temple, to the tabernacle. Exactly how many kikars, which is a, a, a measurement of, uh, of, of gold, and the exact measurement of silver, and the exact measurement of copper, and all of the parchments and, and, and other uh, uh, cloths that they donated, every single thing was enumerated. That's, that's called uh, transparency. Just like our federal government, right? <laughs> right? But imagine every single thing that was donated was clearly numbered out. One, two, three, four. So too, when we deal with mitzvahs, everyone should be precise. Do a mitzvah in perfection. To do a mitzvah which is complete. And the eternal esteem, which is so precious that there is nothing more valuable than it. So, what the Ramchal is teaching us here is that we are in a world we don't want to be in. Who are you? What are you? What are you? There you go. You're a soul that occupies a body, and that soul does not want to be here. The body wants to be here. The soul doesn't want to be here. The soul wants to be in a spiritual place that's all spiritual, without the distractions, without the other, the other, the other limitations of the physical. Unless we give it spirituality, then the soul says, "Ah, oh, I'm fulfilling my purpose. Fulfilling my purpose. This is what I want. This is why God brought me into this world." Okay, but what happens if we don't? But either way, Hashem should bless us all that we should know our purpose here and connect and overcome those challenges so that we don't need any second, third, fourth, or fifth recycling opportunities. Uh, we should do it, get it right the first time. My dear friends, have a lovely evening. Drive safely. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.